Welcome to the Fully Alive Man podcast. This is a podcast to help men become fully alive by doing life together. My name is Lee Rogers. I'm a men's groups director at North Point Community Church. I am here as always with Doug Hurley. Good afternoon, Doug. Hey, Levi. How you doing? <laughs> I appreciate that now I'm Levi. That sounds fantastic. Man, I'm excited to talk about our topic today and at the very same time, um, admittedly, a little timid. We're um, we're getting into something today that could be slightly controversial to, to some listeners and to some non-listeners, of course, but I do think it is important to have conversations about what does manhood look like? What is it what does it mean to be a man? That is a conversation we should have with the men in our groups, but it's super hard to define and it is looked at differently um, in different circles of culture and life. And so we're going to get into it. But I like um, I like the controversial. I mean, that just gets my wheel because I'm an Enneagram eight. So it's like, come on, bring it on. Let's. What's an eight? What's it called? A challenger. A challenger. So yeah. you like to mix it up. I like to mix it up. And you are a not a nine, right? I'm a nine or a seven. Yeah. I feel like nines don't know what they are or sevens don't know what they are. One of those. Well, nines, that's kind of a nine thing. Out. Yeah. But nines are peacemakers, if I remember correctly, which would make it make sense if you're like, uh, yeah. I don't know if I want to do this. I don't think I, all right, you know what? You didn't have to say it like that. At no point did I feel that. Just say it for the record. Um, so getting into it, before we get into it, I want to, let's, let's hit our connection point, a little bit lighter topic here. I have a, would you rather for you, Doug? Mm. Are you ready for this? Love this game. All right. These are off the wall things to would you rather. Would you rather ride a bull like a bucking, I guess it's a Bronco, but, um, uh, like a buck, like a bucking bull. Would you rather ride a bull like at a rodeo for minimum eight seconds with one hand in the air or do a wing walk on an airplane where you literally are standing on the outside uh, of an airplane wing or wrestle an alligator if those are your three choices which would you prefer to do doug i need some more unpacking on the wing walk thing like what is that what do you are you tethered in to anything i'm picturing like a biplane like old-timey looking plane you have a harness on. Oh, yes. And yes. Yes, you yeah. want to do that? Oh, that'd be so fun. What in the world is wrong with you? <laughs> what what would you do? That sounds awful. What would you do? I don't, I don't know, actually. No, <laughs> I asked the question, but I think um, I feel like I could wrestle an alligator. No way. Yeah. Wait. I, I think there's a technique there that all I have to do is know the technique, and I could take down an alligator. That's bananas. Yeah. We're, wrestling an alligator over being tethered in to... A wing on an airplane. <laughs> I feel like right now we're we're either learning like you know how our our moments of braveness or our moments of being just completely full of it. Hmm. I, I don't know which it is. Probably a little bit of both. But your pilotness might uh, give you a little more confidence in the air. I would do I would do the bull thing as a number. What would be your number two out of the bull and the uh, wing walk? Uh, I feel like I would have less of a broken neck if I did the wing walk, hmm. even though it would be terrifying. So bull would be number three. I also feel like I have the ability to just focus in on what's directly in front of me and not the ground in that situation. So, so you wouldn't be that scared on the wing because you'd just be focused. I'd be scared, but yeah, I could probably do it. I think. I don't know. 
Well, there we go. We figured that out. We figured that out. Let's let's move on into something slightly more important here. So the question really is, what is a man? What does it look like to be a man? What does a man do? What does manhood look like um, in our culture, in our lives? Um, As we, as I thought about this, as getting ready for the podcast, I, I remembered. Um, it was a, a week or so ago, even on our team here at North Point, we were talking about um, is a man, in our culture today, is a man more of a Ryan Seacrest, like that picture of just a really good guy. He dresses nice. He's a, he's a smart dude. He's um, everybody kind of likes him or is a picture of a man like Dwayne, the rock Johnson, who is also a good guy, but he's just a, Big, muscular, beefy dude. He's the rock. I mean, he is the rock. He can handle himself physically. What do you What do you think? What comes to mind for you, Doug? Well, the question is, I think the question is, what do I think culture thinks? Right in our culture, what's the picture of a man? I think that there's probably more of a gravitational uh, response to the rock to Dwayne Johnson. Really. Yeah, and um, I, I'm not saying that that's what I feel, but that's I think culturally it'd be like, oh yeah, that's that's a, he's he's an actor doing the man movie. He played football. That's manly, and um, yeah, I think that's how culture would answer that. Yeah, I can see that, um, but at the same time, you know, just knowing that there's probably a ton of pushback of like, hey, that's not a that doesn't be have to be what a man looks like. What do you think, just assumption wise? When somebody says "man up," or yeah, what do you what do you think when someone says "man up"? Mm, golly, man, that actually, or, or even be a man. Yeah, that kind of puts shivers down my spine, to be honest with you. Um, because, and well, can I? Let's take one step back. Yeah, because I think Ryan. I don't know Ryan Seacrest personally, but that guy is like crushing it in the world. Oh yeah. I mean, he's, Absolutely. he's a, a gazillionaire and he's owns a ton of companies. Everybody wants him. Everybody wants him, wants to be, wants to be like him. And so, um, man, that guy's totally manly, you know, from, from my perspective. Um, but with the shiver down my spine is I, I, gosh, I was that guy that would use that verbiage. Yeah. Man up, cowboy up, be a man. Yeah. And it really, it was meant to berate somebody sure and to make them feel less than they should feel like shame them into doing something yeah yeah and i and i've done that i i can sit here and i can i can recollect many times doing that in my career as uh you know my business career military career i just doing that and i've had that done to me and it stinks and if i could have a redo i would have a redo on every one of those yeah absolutely i i think the same thing i I've used those terms and I, and I get it, you know, when, when somebody uses that, I don't, I don't think necessarily, um, it's a taboo or anything like that, but at the same time, I don't want to use that for my sons. I don't want to use those terms for my boys and yep. I, and I've even heard them use it and I don't, you know, it doesn't, doesn't cause me a problem. Um, but yeah, I don't want to say, well, if you're a real man, then you would do this. Actually, I think those are actual words from my father. <laughs> if you were a real man, oh. then you would do this. Oh yeah, I had the I had those words from my dad as well. Um, yeah, my dad said the same thing to me, and I would say, "Gosh, we're going really deep, right? Right out of the gate here, uh, if that's okay." But it, you know, for me, I think so much of that 
me talking to guys, when I was an adult and talking to guys and saying, man up, cowboy up, be a man, that really came from probably just a wound that I had when I was growing up where yeah, I didn't yeah. feel like I was measuring up to being a man and everything else. So when I, when I got to a point in my adult life where from a world standard, I was kind of a manly guy, if you will. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I would, Definitely you I, were. I would leverage that to make other people feel less than being a man in yeah. order to even elevate myself and my own opinion and other people as well. And man, I, that's just, yeah, I, w- I wish I could eradicate that from my past. Yeah. We've probably, I'm, I know we've all done that and I probably will do that again in a, in a weak moment or an insecure moment. I will, I will probably do that again at some point. Um, one of the things I, I think about lately is that our culture seems to waffle on what a man is. Sometimes it seems like almost like being a man comes with some negative connotations, some some bad thoughts like does it mean you're overly aggressive or sexist or self-centered in in some way? Um, on the other hand, you know, we've heard songs like where have all the cowboys gone? It's like, where are the real men in this world? Sing that for us. If you would. <laughs> I'm not going to sing that at all. <laughs> I'm going to sing that now or ever. Um, but it definitely speaks to the idea that, um, culture waffles on, on what a man looks like. Um, and I think that has caused a little bit of a, um, a push toward, I don't know if it's a a polarization, but um, almost a push toward masculinity from some people out there these days. And I I don't think in a sinister or bad way at all, but almost like a a reclaiming of masculinity and and what, I don't know, re-spinning the idea of manhood or what a man looks like. I know a couple of podcasts I listen to. um, One is called The Order of Man. I don't listen to it all the time, but uh, but I've listened to it a few times because that's interesting to me. You know, my job, like our jobs, is to work with men, um, and and really their idea um, behind that podcast is just to reestablish kind of the the positive picture of what a man looks like. Hmm. Um, and I listen to some other podcasts. Sometimes I listen to um, the Jocko Willink podcast. He's oh, a yeah. Navy SEAL, and he's like a like an Uber kind of man. And I listen to it because it gets me it gets me kind of pumped up to take on my day. So a lot of times on the way into work I'll listen to that one. But um I've heard him define a man simply as someone who um does what he's supposed to do. Hmm. It's just a, a guy who who gets things done. A guy who yeah does what he's supposed to do. And and Jocko does a lot of leadership stuff. He talks about um discipline and and leading well and things like that. And you know, I know he's great at that stuff, but well, and I would say just based on that definition from Jocko, Ryan Seacrest and Dwayne Johnson are both men. Yeah, and those are that's two exactly guys, right. They get stuff done. They, yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what what other are there any other cultural connotations, ideas that come to mind for you? Well, I just this just came off the top of my head as you were as you're saying that. You know, like and how did you? I can't remember exactly how you said it a few seconds ago, but. This is the image I had in my mind. Like there's a, a there's a population of men out there that are almost like grasping to reestablish masculinity. Yeah. You know, like oh, it's we're losing it, we're losing it, and um, and and gosh, maybe there's something to that. But most of the defense I've seen around that doesn't seem super healthy. And yep. if you have a different perspective, sure, 
none of this is rehearsed. We're just, we're two guys talking. Um, and most of that I just haven't seen being really healthy. I've seen it like, oh, you know, we, we, I can't even talk, I can't talk to a woman anymore and without it coming across as offensive or berating or I'm putting her down because she's a woman. And, and, uh, and when you hear that conversation, you're like, well, what can't you say anymore? Most of the things that they think can't say anymore are really inappropriate things that we never should have said in the first place. We shouldn't say. Yeah. yeah, we should never say anything that's really disparaging and demeaning towards a woman or kind of like I can't even tell derogatory jokes about women anymore. <laughs> what kind of world is this? <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm I'm laughing because that's so true. I mean, I know I have buddies that would say that and it'd be like, and they're my buddies, so I would call sure. them a knucklehead and say, yeah, 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 yeah. knucklehead. You you can't. You shouldn't. You should never have been able. That's to right. say that joke. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, there's definitely a danger anytime we're we're pushing back um to not land the pendulum in the middle, but to push back to the wrong side that that was kind of causing a problem in the first place. Um but yeah, maybe we need pushes from both sides. Well, maybe not. I don't know. There's a happy middle there somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, going back to the challenger eight. I don't know how comfortable I am in the middle. I like to challenge hard and what's, and kind of push to what's right. Like, I just think, I think of, uh, I think of my son, Bo, and answering your question, like, what is it to be a man? You know, what is that? I love Jocko's definition. It's, it's do what you're supposed to do. That's right. But like with, with Bo, my son, Bo, um, is man, we fight for those who can't fight for themselves. We fight for the marginalized. We fight for the people who are getting put down. Yep. We fight for the woman who gets, hears some commentary from some guy who's being inappropriate. And so we would, st- we would take a, we'd jump in and take a stand for that. Yeah. So a man to me is somebody who will he'll jump in and he'll fight the fight for the person who can't fight for themselves. Yeah, that's really good. Um, and, and you know we're talking about culture, but there's a there's a whole almost different perspective and and some overlap, of course, um, behind what Scripture says a man looks like and what um, hopefully God says a man looks like, or or even more um, the the image of a man that Jesus was. Um, he was a man, and um, so I bet he knew what it looked like to be a man. And I want to talk about some of those things, and I want to get into to what does it look like a little bit, and what are the questions we should be asking in our groups and the conversations we should be having in our groups around this. Um, but before we do, we need to get to a little section we like to call Man Hacks. A man hack, gentlemen, is anything that makes your life a little better, a little easier, something you do or you can do at any time just to to make life better, and we want to add that service to you. Doug, do you have a man hack for us today? Oh, man, I got a good one. Baby wipes (laughs) in the briefcase. Okay. I thought that was going somewhere else. Baby wipes in the briefcase. No, if you're you're on the road, you're at a busy meeting, you're yeah. you know, you're you're at a, a work meeting off site and um and you're just not feeling so hot, so great, and something you ate the night before and you gotta clean it up. Get things cleaned up, man. Having a small package of like twenty five travel size baby wipes. Is so key. That's so great. Yeah. All right, baby wipes. Um, thank you, Doug. So here is my man hack, and this one is super specific, but 
it it occurred to me to invent this man hack, and I gave it to the guy who I who I technically invented it for, and then I thought I would share it with everyone else. Here it is. This is the big head hat extender. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I have a friend um, who works with us here, and he's a great guy. You, you would never realize just by talking to the guy that his head is a little little oversized uh-huh. than normal. So when he puts on a ball cap, the, the back never quite closes. Like he can get it closed, but then it snaps up. He's got a big head. Uh-huh. So what I did, as I was thinking about it, and as it occurred to me, is I cut the overlapping, like, clipped-together part off of another ball cap, both pieces, gave those to him. It extends the whole situation. As soon as I handed it to him, I didn't even tell him what it was. I said, I have a man hack for you. Here it is. He took it from my hand. He said, now I can wear my hats. Did he look more handsome? He with looks the extender? fantastic with the extender with his <laughs> hats on. Um, yeah, I've said I said send me a picture immediately when you get this going. He did. So if you have a big head, cut the little tab part that clips together off the back of a ball cap you don't like. Add it to your regular ball caps. You're all set. You're back in the business. You're back in the the hat business. So there you go. There you That's go. my the man extender. hat, gentlemen. This has been a little section we like to call. <laughs> Man hacks. Okay. Jumping back in, we can just go ahead and say and acknowledge that there is no absolute clear definition um, picture of a man. I bet as as many people are listening, um, there is many different pictures of what a man looks like, somehow shaped by culture, our fathers, um, everything around us, um, anything that in our own stuff, our own wiring in different ways. Um, yeah, there's a lot of different pictures of men and we can't necessarily go to culture, um, to, to get the picture of what that looks like because it waffles back and forth on whether it's good or bad or big or strong or whatever it is. Um, so what does, I mean, as always, we want to look at scripture and say, what does the Bible say about a man? What comes to mind for you, Doug? Yeah, so uh, I go back to the beginning, I think back to the first chapter of Genesis, and it talks about how we are made uh, in his image. We're made in the image of God, and and some words that come to mind is that we are workers, that we are uh, creative, um, that we are uh, managers, we are created to manage, we are managers, we're leaders, uh, we are diverse. God is a God of diversity, and he made us, and he made us diverse. Yeah, absolutely. And not to say that God's a man, because he made women in his image as well um, in all of the ways that, that they're women. But yeah, I totally agree. It has a lot to do with with doing stuff. You know, God does stuff and he made us in his image and, and he does and we're made to do stuff as well, like you just you just said. I think about that for sure. I also think of um I don't know, it came to mind first Corinthians sixteen, thirteen. It's just a really short verse that says, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, and be strong. Mm. And I, I think act like men could also be, um, in some versions, it's be men of courage. Um, but there, but there's something about the way that we're made, um, one, that, that we are made to be men, but, but also um, we're made to stand firm. We're made to, to stand strong in a lot of ways. And again, that's, that's not... Um, in spite of of women that that were standing strong, 
Um, but we are made to stand strong. Mm, that's great, man. I love that. And Paul talks about as husbands that, that we're made to, um, or that we should give ourselves up for our wives as Christ did for the church. And so in some way, um, we're made to be able to sacrifice um, just like just like Jesus did. And with that in mind, um, what is the, the image of Jesus? I know when I read the scriptures, I agree a lot with John Eldridge that it does he doesn't look like a like a shepherd hippie um, from the scriptures, <laughs> even though he does in my Sunday school picture that's in my head right now. Um, like a peaceful, hazy, With some great hair product, white dude. Yeah, it's like what? Really good hair gel. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> nice curly perm going on. Yeah. Um, but we see somebody who is at odds with the law. Um, somebody who's at odds with the religious. We see a guy who um also is a friend. Mm. Um, I think about. I think there's times where, um, Jesus. You know, almost like he has like the same, I hope this isn't blasphemous, but he has like the same concerns that we have um, of being left alone. Like, you guys aren't going to leave me too, are you? Mm-hmm. Like, you guys are my friends. You're going to stick by me, right? Because mm-hmm. it feels kind of like you're about to ditch me. Mm-hmm. And that would be horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, so so Jesus was a guy, a dude who, who really wanted community. That's right. And wanted a relationship. That's right. He wasn't a loner. Um, I think about even Jesus is emotional. You know, he wept. He felt for someone, um, and he wept. He probably um, cared for women better than than the the normal, the cultural norm of the day. Oh, cared absolutely, for children. Yeah, he was a, he was radical the way he elevated women back then, which he which he should have, and he did. Um, and we should continue to as Christ followers. But yeah, he he came in and just popped culture on its nose when it came to how they treated women. Yeah. And kids too, I think. I mean, he elevated kids. And unless you're like one of these, you'll never see the kingdom. Like what? That is a crazy statement. Can we go, can, I, I don't, it's so easy to blow past this so quick. Can we go back to the Jesus wept and, and how mind blowing that, I mean, if you think, you think this is the most powerful uh, man that ever walked the earth, ever, or yep. ever will, if we believe what we believe, and we do believe that. So, and here's a guy who felt so emotionally distraught to cry at certain points. And I'll tell you what, man, me growing up and crying was not in public. A, it was not applauded. It wasn't championed. It wasn't really. It, it wasn't encouraged. Right. And I even think that still goes on today. So, what, what are your thoughts around that? Just well. I think one that that's a that's a bold, real man, fully living in the present, fully living as who he is, engaged in those around him, not afraid of emotions or insecurity in any way. But even further, I think about whatever he had, he, you know, communicated, transferred to his followers so that they would write that down. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make sense if you're trying to write um, about this picture of the king of, of of the earth forever and the heavens, for that matter, that you would add a part to the story as you're writing it down that that he wept for someone. That, that just wouldn't be there unless 
you were so moved by that action that you thought that's what we need to be. That's what we should be like in some way. And what do you think is the, what's the deeper aha there? It's not just, oh, it's okay to cry, which I do think that's part of it. But what's like, what, what do you think is, is Jesus is trying to communicate there? Like, it's okay that you're crying, but what's the deeper why behind that? Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what your thought is on that. <laughs> but, but at the same time, um, I think it's a very empathetic picture that, um, that, yeah, I love you so much that I feel what you feel. That's all. That's awesome. What are you thinking? What comes to mind? I was thinking um, that it's um, man, it is it is totally okay to be emotional, and it's totally okay to be in touch with your emotions. And actually, yes. that is that is the right thing to do to be in touch with your emotions and let people around you see that. And that is not not manly. It is that is that is God. God is displaying. He is on display as a man, showing you. Being emotional, being in touch with your emotions and communicating that openly is, it can be a good thing. Gosh, and doesn't that feel more freeing? You know, I, I feel like when, when we understand something that is, is truth from God, it should feel more freeing. Mm. It should feel like, oh, I'm free to be who I am. I don't have to fight myself. I don't have to stuff things down. Um, I can be like Jesus in, mm-hmm. in this way, um, in, I don't know, showing my emotions at yeah. times that they're, that we need to show our emotions. I mean, I was so crazy, bro. I'm, I'm a totally different guy than I was um, years ago. And I would say, and this is going to sound uh, arrogant, like, oh, you think that highly of yourself. But I'm, I am, I feel like I'm way more manly now than I was years ago. Yeah. Um, and I cry heck of a lot more now. Than, than, well, I almost don't stop crying. Oh my gosh. Get it together, Lee. Come on, <laughs> yeah. Levi. But I, but I do like years ago, here's what I would have done if, if I'm around guys and I don't, and I'm upset or something and right. I, don't, I don't want them to see me cry, which is really cause I'm, I, that would be embarrassing. And what perception would they have of me? What would, what perspective change would they have about me? In my in my manliness or lack thereof, so that's what I'd be thinking. So I would I'd run off to the car or you know into yeah. the office and close the door and have my little cry. Yeah, deal with your emotions alone. Alone, and years later, now man, I would I would never do that. Yeah, and once again, I mean that is that is, yeah, that's different than what you just said earlier. The the picture of Jesus being in community. Hmm. And and expressing emotion. Yeah, I'm running to my buddies now, going, man, I'm, I'm hurting. I'm in the ditch. I'm in the ditch. I need help. Yeah, and I'm a hot mess, man. Help me out. Ah, that's amazing. And yeah, like like you're saying, not intuitive, um, for the way that most of us were were brought up, right? Um, in so many ways. So, I think um, at this point, for you and I, I think we should take a stab at. Um, putting a few words around what we think a man is. Um, and as I think about any type of definition for a man, um, first, I think this is going to be way too many words. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the first thing that comes to mind is something I heard a little while back is um, to, to before you do anything, to ask, who does Jesus say I am? Mm-hmm. You know, I, there's that moment in the Gospels where Jesus tells Peter, 
who he is. And he says, you know, you, you are the rock. Mm. And I don't think that just changed Peter. I think that changed the world. Um, because then he said, you know, and the church is going to be built um, upon this rock. And so um, start with Jesus, who do you say I am? And then pay attention to the next thoughts that come to mind and um, see if God leads you somewhere. So that's the first thing I, I would encourage any man to do. Um, the the second thing is I feel like a man is someone who is connected to God. Um, a, a man is somewhat one who seeks God first, that we've gone through the the growth and the discipline of learning to seek God first. And then after that, we can do hard things. What comes to mind for you? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I would, I love the first two that you said, you know, first go to, go to the Lord and ask, you know, who do you say that I am? Number two, a man is, 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 a, is somebody who follows God and leans into God and is looking after, looking towards God. Um, the third one, I have just a slight, slight, slightly different perspective, and yeah, I'm not saying that you you're do. wrong. It's just, um, I, you know, I, th- I think going back to in Genesis 1, um, what I was talking about, we were made in the image of God and we are diverse. And he made, he made people that are diverse. He made men that are diverse. So I'm a challenger. I'm an eight. You're a peacemaker. You're a nine. Um, you know, there's the red, blue, greens, yellows. There's just different temperaments. Some guys just want to jump in and take the bull by its horns. Sure. And other guys are like, you know what? That's just not me. It's not that I don't want to help. It's not that I don't want to um, be an influencer for the kingdom, but um, t- to to say that a guy should always jump in first, if there's a woman standing next to him who is an eight or a red sure. or a driver, I don't I don't know about that. So I would say, where am I going with this? The third point is, um, what is your unique calling, gifts, skills, yeah, talents, and everything good. else? What did God give you? And you should lean into that. And yep. if, if you're a chilled, laid back computer programmer that doesn't really want a lot of uh, adrenaline um, seeking activity in your life, then don't don't go do that. If you're a guy who wants to walk the wing of an airplane unharnessed, <laughs> then go you should definitely then do go that. do that. It's crazy, but go do it. So it's um I think what comes to mind for me with that is it's almost like um you know if, if it's you and your spouse mm. then it looks like stepping into the thing that she doesn't want to do. If I'm a nine and, and Holland's a nine and she doesn't want to make the hard phone call to correct a, a phone bill, yeah, um, that I do that for her. Oh, man. Um, so that, good. Yeah. Stepping into whatever it is I can take off of, of her plate for her, for yeah. her heart. Um, but yeah, like you're saying, at the same time, not getting in the way, yeah. not getting in the way because I'm a man, um, but- It's good. But yeah, leading in love in in some sort of way. So I so I love that. So um, the fourth thing I think, if I'm remembering, and we'll put these in the notes. Uh, but the fourth one then would be, um, you know, I'm kind of capturing what you just said, but I so agree. Just being a servant, being like Christ. Yep. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, he gave up everything to follow the will of his heavenly father said, Hey, I am here for you. He died for his church. It goes back to what you said that Paul said in Ephesians chapter five, you know, husbands love your, your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So just that servant, let me surrender. Let me give this to you. Let me serve you. Let me help you and jump in that way. Ah, I mean, that is, 
the definition of masculinity. Yeah, that, that makes us come alive yeah. as men in so many ways. Yeah, I totally agree. As you guys are having these conversations in your groups, if, if you jump into this, and we really encourage you to, um, because as you start to form what, what a picture of a man could look like, especially you know as, as God has created men to be, um, then you can start to move toward it, and you can start to move toward having conversations about what that looks like. And we have um, a couple of questions um, to hopefully help help that along. So if if you're doing life with a group of guys, which we assume you are and hope you are, um, ask these questions. And again, we'll put them in the show notes. But number one, when do you feel the most like you are doing your job as a man? You know, what what are you doing when it feels like that? Um, two, is there an area of your life that you don't feel like you're being the man that you want to be? Maybe, maybe there's a place where you feel like, gosh, I've been avoiding this and I need to step up in this way. Um, yeah, live, live an examined life and think about that and talk about that and bring it up and, um, take this opportunity with your group to talk about that. And then finally, what action could you take that, that would move you toward yours and God's definition of being a man. Um, and how can your group hold you accountable to do that? Mm. What, what's a step of action you can take with those other things in mind to, to move a little bit closer, a baby step toward being the man that you were created to be. Mm. How do those sound up? Great questions. I love them. Love them. And I hope you guys enjoy digging into that. And I would just, uh, I would say, I would encourage you to give space for different opinions. Lee and I sat down yeah, here. We, we had some different opinions on some stuff around masculinity and that, and that is okay, but just yep. create that open space to have different opinions. Yeah, that's right. I, I agree with you hundred percent, Doug, that there is no right or wrong answer here, but it's a conversation. Mm. You know, that that's our hope is that we're on this journey together. Not that we um, can check boxes that we got this right and we got that right, but that we can do life together and figure it out because none of us have it figured out. Um, so guys, thanks for, for listening. Before we wrap up, we want to leave you with um, one of our favorite sections called Wisdom from the Woods with our good friend, our, our wise sage, John Woodall. Many, many years ago, I was going to a seminary out in Portland, Oregon. And unfortunately, on the day of registration, I ended up quitting seminary. It was a really low day in my life. I drove to the West Coast to a place called Cannon Beach. And as I was coming around the side of the mountain, there was a river, a stream on the side. A tree had fallen over it. And sort of in a desperate low time in my life, I parked the car and I went down. I sat on the tree. The stream was flowing underneath. And I had one of those little Gideon Bibles in my back pocket that has the New Testament the Psalms and the Proverbs, and I was so lost that day. I remember saying to God, God, I, I have no idea. I came out here to go to seminary. I came out here to be a pastor, and now I've quit. I feel like a quitter, and I don't, I don't know which way to go. I had a young family. I was married with just a few kids and trying to get a seminary degree. So I started flipping pages, and as I was flipping pages of that little Gideon Bible, they seem to stop at Psalm 1. I don't know if you've read Psalms in a while, but Psalm 1 said, Blessed is the man that 
does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sit in the way of the scornful or stand in the way of sinners. But then it says this, his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law he meditates day and night. Said he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. I don't know the last time that you had a defining moment, a very intimate moment with your God and Father, but I felt like it was just me and my Heavenly Father as I was reading that psalm. And I felt like God said to me that day, I want you to to delight in my word. I want you to meditate on it day and night. And I will bring forth my fruit in my season. And gentlemen, that was one of the most liberating days of my life because I was trying to get all the training and credentials of man so that I could go and be a pastor, but I felt like a quitter. And yet God came to me and he said, if you will delight in my word and meditate on it day and night, whatever you do will prosper. And guys, that's about 30 years ago. 40 years ago in my story and when I look back and I see the benefit of delighting in God's Word meditating on it day and night letting it drive your thoughts let it drive your emotions and your decisions God will bring forth his fruit in his time and whatever you do will prosper think about that Well, guys, as always, thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions or comments or concerns, anything like that, please send us an email at npmen at northpoint.org. And we would love to hear from you and we will respond back and we may do a Q&A episode again in the future, which is always fun. Um, But feel free to share the podcast, like the podcast. All those things are great. We will see you next time. Thanks. Bye. Bye.